Hello, everyone, and welcome to Real AI Now, the podcast brought to you by Two Impulse. Um, I'm Nuno Galadem. I'm the head of conversational AI at Two Impulse. Um, and today's topic will be voice biometrics. Please like the video, subscribe our channel. And I would also like to remind you that this podcast will be available on Spotify, Google Podcast, and Apple Podcast. And I'm so pleased to have with me today, Paul Morris. Um, he's the global sales manager for Phonexia, a Czech company actually working since 2006 on speech and voice biometric solutions, really pushing the boundaries of speech and voice recognition technologies. Um, really eager to have a, a conversation with you, Paul. Welcome and let's just start through. Thanks a lot, Nuno, for the uh, for the introduction, and I'm very glad to be here. So I look forward to our session as well. Great. So, Paul, what is actually um, AI in voice biometrics? What's voice biometrics, and what's AI within voice biometrics? Where is AI? Right. Okay. Well, voice biometrics, first and foremost, is is the ability to either verify a person's uh, identity or to indeed identify an individual um, through their voice print. So all of us as individuals, human beings, we will have our own unique voice print, uh, unique to each of us in the same way that we have fingerprint, iris print, voice print is an extension um, of that, let's say. Um, and that in simple terms is voice biometrics. Um, there are different layers of voice biometrics which we can go into later on, um, but that in a nutshell is what voice biometrics is all about. And AI plays a very important part in voice biometrics. Um, I would say that that AI, although it's a kind of a quite a blanket term, um, to be a bit, a bit more specific about how it uh, how it plays a role in voice biometrics. Well, first of all, um, a lot of machine learning goes into the development of voice biometric solutions. So um, we're using machine learning essentially to to train our models, to train our solutions. Um, in order to build those solutions as well via machine learning, we essentially have to take um, thousands, well, essentially as much data as we can. Um, so we're talking about thousands of um, speakers that translates into millions of various utterances, um, dozens, hundreds of different languages. Um, we also need to ensure that we can get audio from many, many different channels, as many channels as possible, mainly telephony in our case. But of course, within telephony, you have a lot of different sources, landlines, mobiles, sat phones, uh, etc. Um, and then, of course, we also have to make sure that we can get data from a lot of different environments. So that means, you know, noisy environments, quiet environments, um, any kind of different environment where, where audio is going to be uh, present, we need to use that. And, and it's through the machine learning that we're actually able to, to you know, uh, allow the technology to, to imitate human behavior, essentially, through the collected data. So that's one element of it is the machine learning. Um, we use a lot of what we call artificial augmentation, um, which is how we're able to basically uh, increase the variability of the utterances that we've already been able to gather, we use this artificial augmentation to actually increase the, uh, the, the the variety of those utterances, which which further enhances the 
the ultimate performance of the voice biometrics. So that would be the second element. And I guess the third element would be that um, we're working with what we call, uh, we use supervised training. And in some cases, we're using unsupervised training. So that means that if you've got supervised training, you've actually got labeled data. So we can get hold of label data where we know, for example, what the language is being spoken. We know what the speakers are, who they are. We know what the characteristics are of those people. Um, and that is what we call the label data, which actually gives some very accurate outputs. What we find more and more now is that uh, unlabeled data, so unsupervised training is becoming more and more present. Um, the only drawback I would say at the current stage where we are with, with unsupervised training data is that it doesn't provide quite as accurate outputs as you would get with supervised training data. But I think that's just a matter of time before we, before we reach similar levels. Um, so I guess those are probably the main elements of AI that we see involved in voice biometrics. Great overview. Thank you so much. But let, let me have a step back here and try yeah. to break down some parts of it, right? I mean, this is in general a very interesting topic for me. Uh, I mean, I'm I'm a linguist, right? And I had quite some um, um, touch points uh, on phonetics, uh, phonology, right? Um, let's get back there. So about biometric, voice biometrics itself, as far mm -hmm. as I'm aware of, um, there are different technologies to it, right? Different approaches, how to really identify that it is a person based uh, on, on his voice, right? Mm -hmm. um, would you like to expand a bit more about um, these um, options which are available? Sure, sure. Well, I'll start off with something which I could have probably mentioned uh, in, in that earlier slot. Um, and that is the, the something more about the technology or at least the label that we give to the technology and what that technology actually encompasses. So previously, when voice biometric solutions were being built, and I would say um, when they were probably a little less sophisticated than they are now, we were talking mainly about what was called iVector technology. Okay, um, but what we have seen in recent years, and in fact, um, Phonexia, I think, was the was the first biometrics vendor, voice biometrics vendor, to actually release um, a commercially available. Uh, version of voice biometrics that was using exclusively what we call X vectors. So we moved away from I vector technology and moved over to X vector, which essentially is driven by deep neural networks. So it's exclusively driven by deep neural networks. Um, this ultimately leads to increased performance of the voice biometrics technology, mainly in terms of in terms of how much audio we actually need to be able to create a, a unique voice print and not just a unique voice print, but a robust voice print. And also in terms of how much audio we then subsequently need to be able to verify and do that one-to-one -one comparison with the baseline voice print. So it's, it's that technology which really pushes us, has pushed us forwards. Hey, let me just pick that one part and get yeah. practical here. Um, also for our listeners to have a bit more um, on um, applicability, let's say, yeah. right? So I'm more into conversational AI. Let's say we set up a, a voice bot, for example, right? Um, mm -hmm. Banking solution, um, right? F financial sector, it might be also insurance, right? Quite popular. Mm -hmm. um, and I want to identify the user through his voice, right? Yes. Which is a technology we are offering here, we are talking about. Yeah. Um, and there are different approaches to it, right? So I'm aware mm -hmm. of, of two existing ones. One is um, I give the user um, a set 
a preset uh, mm. um, um, phrase, sentence, yeah. right? He needs to repeat. And based on that, I'm able to identify is that his voice profile or not. And then there is a more sophisticated one, which is based on, let's say, free speech, right? Right mm -hmm. through the, the, the start, right through the beginning, the, the yeah. welcome, right? Just mm -hmm. asking some questions whatsoever. Mm -hmm. How is your, uh, your day going today and stuff like that? Yes. And the, the, the user answering, I'm also able to retrieve um, his voice profile, like, uh, yes. right? And attribute it to that yeah. said user. Uh, would you agree on that? Is that what we yeah. are talking about here? Yeah. Uh, absolutely. And that's kind of what I was alluding to with these different sorts of technologies. So if I, if I sort of dumb it down a little bit, or that's not the right phrase, but just make it more more understandable to sort of the, the lay person. Yeah. Basically, as you quite correctly said, Nuno, there are, there are two main types of voice biometrics technology around. One of them is the, let's call it the old school type of voice biometrics, which is uh, called active voice biometrics. And as you quite rightly pointed out, this is what I think a lot of the audience will be familiar with, maybe from their own interactions with their banks, where, yes, they have to essentially say, like, the typical phrase which we hear is, my voice is my password, right? right. And this is the expression that you have to say um, several times in a row in order to have your voice pre-created. And then when you're subsequently calling in, you have to repeat that same phrase several times again. So that's sort of the classical, most, most commonly known voice biometrics. What we're dealing with at Phenexia and in conjunction with companies such as, for example, uh, 2Impulse, is that we are actually using a different type of voice biometrics, which is called passive voice biometrics. A passive voice biometrics, again, as you rightly said, is working on the basis of free speech. Now, there are a lot of advantages to that particular technology, the one which is based on free speech. I would say the main two uh, would be that it is, since, since it is entirely text independent and it is entirely language independent, it means that, first of all, the user themselves, they don't have to remember any specific phrase. Now, all right, remembering a, a one phrase is not you know, rocket science, but it does kind of make life a bit easier for the user. That's the one thing. The second thing is, of course, is its universal applicability, regardless of where that solution is being deployed. So because you're not dependent on the actual language being spoken, you, 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 can, you can use that same technology without having to customize the technology to a specific language. So that is also, from that point of view, much, much easier to use. And um, there, there are other, I would say, minuses to using the active voice biometrics, which is the text dependent one. For example, it is relatively simple for, um, it's relatively simple for a fraudster to, for example, get hold of a recorded voice um, in a good quality saying a particular phrase. They can actually bypass certain solutions uh, or certain systems, gateways using this kind of fairly unsophisticated uh, fraudster activity. They can just basically turn that on when they need to, and they will be able to beat either the IVR, the conversational IVR, or they may even be able to fool, a, fool a, a, an agent. So um, there are some downsides to using the active voice biometrics, and I certainly think that passive voice biometrics is the way forward. Perfect. So we are already a step ahead um, absolutely. in this case, absolutely, right? So this is a yeah. company, this is something you are working on for 16 years, right? So quite yeah. a lot. Um, this is your uh, field of expertise, right? It's mm -hmm. voice, everything around mm -hmm. voice and voice biometrics. Mm -hmm. Now, I am confronted daily with um, 
three main concerns of, of mm -hmm. customers, of project mm -hmm. owners, product mm -hmm. owners, which is first, what happens, as you said, you pointed it out already, let's expand just a little bit on it, which is what about background uh, um, noise, right? So mm -hmm. I want to uh, log in or to talk with a chatbot, which recognizes mm -hmm. me while I'm driving my car, for example, mm -hmm. right, through mm -hmm. voice. Um, how much does it influence it? Or are we able to um, overcome it as well? Okay, good question. Well, I mean, there are a lot of things that we can certainly influence ourselves um, as the people developing and, 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 and uh, working with, with the technology. So first of all, absolutely key is when you're actually developing the models and actually training the models. As, as I mentioned at the beginning, it's important to have a real variety in the data that you're using. So in answer to the question about background noise, um, one way to certainly combat that is to use um, a lot of data where there is background noise already available so that the model is trained to deal with that kind of an obstacle. That's, that's one thing I, 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 would, I would highlight. The second thing, which again, I go back to this comparison between the active voice biometrics and the passive voice biometrics that we're using. Another thing that you'll very often hear when people are talking about the my voice is my password biometrics, they will say, but I said the phrase, uh, but I still wasn't, I still wasn't verified. Well, one thing that's important to remember, it's not just that you say the same phrase, but you have to say it in the same way. And you very often have to have more or less the same conditions in the background, for example, the environment, as when you actually enrolled yourself which is not the case with free speech voice biometrics. Um, so I think that those are probably the things I would highlight on, on, on that point. So it's all about really having a well-trained model with lots of variety of data. Um, and that's really the key. Perfect. Good. What about if I'm having a bad day, right? If I'm, um, I mean, not feeling well, my voice is not actually the same as it was yesterday, as yeah. I trained the model eventually with, right? As I logged in first whatsoever, um, mm. how would it handle it? Well, I mean, you know, I'm not going to pretend that any voice biometric solution, active or passive is 100% infallible. So uh, that, that would be unrealistic and unfair of me to do so. The kind of scenario that you're describing um, certainly, if someone has woken up and they have a slight sore throat, they may have a slight change in the voice. From our experience, um, that person in general will be verified, but it may not be within that three to four second window, which we talk about. Because generally speaking, if a person is speaking with the same voice as when they enrolled, absolutely no change, we can reasonably expect that that person will be verified within three, maximum four seconds. Of course, if they have a severe sore throat, they're losing their voice, then there are a couple of options. One is that the solution will verify them. It'll take longer. Or, of course, in really severe cases, there's nothing you can do about it. Then there may be an issue with that person being verified, which is why, which is why, although, of course, we, we absolutely believe in the performance of the solution has been tried and tested and measured. Um, it is always advisable to has some kind of backup verification solution. Absolutely, because nothing is infallible. So if that voice verification for some reason won't work and doesn't have to be to do with the voice, it could be because of some other factors, then, um, then there needs to be some kind of backup, be it um, knowledge-based verification or one-time password or something like that. 
I totally confirm. It's not a concern at all uh, in practical terms. So what we do is actually conversationally, right? If it's a conversational AI solution mm -hmm. is to keep a bit more of, of the uh, conversation with the user, right? So we get a bit more yep. of data. We can compare and, and make sure, hey, um, we can verify him through voice. And even if not, there is always a fallback, right? There is always the more traditional way of coming up with some uh, yes. questions, data being requested as most still do through phone, right? Which is really just asking, a couple of questions so yeah this mm -hmm. is no concern at all right besides the system as it is even if you have troubles with the uh with your voice yep. uh, is surprisingly precise yeah great right. stuff good yeah could we maybe um expand a little bit more on like we now just uh, talked a bit about the, the ai within biometrics um what it offers the different approaches uh, eventually the, the the biggest concerns that users companies might have now where are we actually right now applying this solution maybe we could touch two three yeah. examples yeah sure sure well i mean uh well i guess we can look at it in in sort of i i would put it into three main sectors so where you can find voice biometrics being used fairly frequently now obviously is in the is in the uh, financial sector uh, enterprise business, we can extend that to like telcos, utilities. So contact centers within those within those verticals. Um, what we see now, we still see a lot of um, activity with voice biometrics also in the governmental sector. The use case is obviously a little bit different there. You might not be talking uh, so much about verification as about actual identification of, of individuals from some kind of a block list which is in fact also applicable to the commercial sector. And then we certainly see a lot more uh, interest in voice biometrics from what I would describe as, um, I, I'm trying to think of the word. It's more like the platforms which are trying to, platforms for the well-being of, of uh, a population. So let's say for example, you might be talking about information platforms who are trying to provide access to information and services to, to um, less developed or less well-off parts of populations in certain areas of the world. So these kinds of um, these kinds of organizations are using voice biometrics more and more because although people may be, for example, they may not have a lot of money, they may be illiterate, um, they will probably in this day and age still have access to a phone. And that's enough for them to be able to call up and get information on, on certain things which they need, which they otherwise wouldn't be able to do. So it's it's a mixture of enterprise, it's a mixture of government, police, surveillance, blah, 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 and even these kinds of use cases, uh, which, I, which I just mentioned to you. Great. Yeah. Other examples we, we could talk about, especially about the voice biometrics part, identifying um, and, and initiating a session we have some experience with is really within voice bots, for example. Mm -hmm. Even exchanging the traditional IVR for a voice bot, right? And instead of using methodologies, which are quite unreliable nowadays, right? Mm -hmm. And still used a lot by banks, which is uh, tell me your birth date, now tell me your address, yeah. and now let me have your ID card number. Look, uh, nowadays, especially with public tenders and stuff, I mean, those those uh, details are all over the place out there yes. on, on in the in, on, on the internet, right? So you can find them. Actually, you could exactly spoof it, right? So there is one thing which is um, individual to each one yeah. of us, which is even more than a fingerprint, and many don't mm. know, which is the voice profile, right? Mm. So mm. Um, this is more and more preferred by banking and uh, yeah, financial institutions. In, in yes, general. that's right. Yeah, that, that because because you know people are. 
people always, as, as you quite rightly say, I mean, there's information all over the place. And if if, if yeah. you dig around hard enough as a uh, as someone who is interested in getting hold of that information, you can get hold of that information. But one thing which is which is which is really very safe is 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 the voice, as you say. And I mean, I think again, and I keep going back to this because if we we're talking about voice biometrics, you need to differentiate between the different types. And I think another reason why maybe passive voice biometrics is also preferred is that first and foremost, it fits very nicely into this whole realm of conversational AI and conversational voice bots. It fits really nicely into that because it's conversational. That's that's the core of what passive voice biometrics is. And also the word passive is very important because it is a really non-intrusive kind of technology. Yeah. The only heads up that you need to give to customers, essentially it's the idea of you need to get their consent for it to be used with them. But apart from that, you're not, directly bombarding them with the voice biometrics like with active voice biometrics you are saying right you have to say this phrase and you say the phrase but with passive voice biometrics it's almost and i guess after the first couple of times as a customer you you kind of forget that you're even going through any biometric procedure because it's just a normal chat with someone or with uh, a conversational uh, ivr and you're not even aware of the fact that anything is being processed it's all happening in the background so that also makes it very comfortable and I think conducive to what people need these days. Absolutely. Yeah, totally agree. Now, let's imagine that a customer becomes interested, right? And now maybe our listeners are saying, okay, look, this is interesting. Now, mm -hmm. where do we start, right? Mm -hmm. How do we start such a project? Um, which are the main challenges when developing and applying um, these voice mm -hmm. biometric solutions for our client? Yes, yes. And this is one of the most important uh, one of the most important questions when it comes to voice biometrics because on the face of it it sounds like a fairly straightforward thing um, yet you just uh, you take out the old solution you stick in the new voice biometric solution everything's deployed one two three and you're ready to go well I mean the reality is very very different of course I mean there are a lot of things that you need to take into account first and foremost you need to have the basics very clearly laid out. So as an end customer, I need to be able to, um, I need to be able to say exactly what kind of PBX call center, and we talk about the call center use case now, because that's predominantly where, where the solution is used. So you need to know exactly what kind of uh, environment is being used. It's very important because each environment is slightly different. And that very often will require some tweaks, some, some customizations of the solution. Um, you need to you need to know uh, what kind of volumes of of, uh, of calls are being processed. You need to know what the what the load is. So what is the what is the maximum concurrent load that you're dealing with? But it's not just about these technicalities and these specifics. It's also uh, consulting with the customer and really discussing and clarifying what is the impact going to be on the processes within within the company within the bank, for example. So what you're going to have to make clear is that the agents are going to have to become used to a different modus operandi, you know, ultimately it's going to be simple for the agents, but they're going to have to get used to this new, these new processes. Um, you also have to um, agree, is it going to be a straight swap? Is it going to be, is it going to be voice biometrics for, for the knowledge base verification? 
or is it going to be a combination of the two? Very often it has to be a combination because not only, as we mentioned earlier, you need some fallback solution to go to if the verification by voice doesn't work, but very often it's still a legal requirement. So there are a lot of banking sectors in certain countries that won't allow you to have just one form of verification. So you need something else as well. Um, and, 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 and just simply things like, you know, uh, just, just whole, building the whole architecture is, is not as straightforward. Yes, you can have various templates according to the, to the BBX and according to, to, to the way things uh, operate there, but, but it, it requires a lot of consultation between, between the sides. And I'm talking mainly between, for example, us as the vendor, um, our partner, um, so the, the SIs or whoever are working on that project, plus the end users. So it's very often a three, if not four way um, discussion. Great. Yeah. The channel is also um, certainly um, one thing to focus on, right? Where do we want to apply it? Why do we want to apply it? Those are the main questions, right? Absolutely. Um, how do we want to reach the user who is going at the end to use that technology, actually, yeah. who we are going to verify, right? Um, yeah. Great. Good. Yeah, exactly. I mean, that there are, sorry, just to jump in, but there's one very important point and you've, you've identified it as well. You need ultimately to find out from the customer what is it they want to achieve with voice biometrics because, you know, classically you're talking about three things you can achieve. You can, you can improve handling time so you can make that whole process a lot quicker. You can improve the customer experience, which is, which is the buzzword, but of course it's extremely important. And you've even got that element of fraud detection as well. So extremely important, Nuno, to find out exactly what they want to achieve with the biometrics, yes. Yeah, solutions I have seen, I mean, just to sum it up, uh, from a user perspective, I mean, it's such a change, right? This is really, um, I mean, it's out there for some time, not as known as I would wish for, to be honest, right? Not many are really aware of the existence and especially the precision of this technology and all the advantages. That's what we want wanted to highlight here as well. Yeah. Um, and it's such a change, right? Uh, I mean, mm -hmm. I noticed it right away, just enter the conversation. We are within, you don't even notice uh, what's going on and you are identified. You just keep on conver the conversation like you would personally, yeah. right? At your traditional mm -hmm. uh, bank institution, for example, they know you, right? They are not asking mm -hmm. you for any identification, right? Mm -hmm. They see you and here, the system hears you, right? It knows it's you. Yes. It doesn't need to verify. There is no time spent on entering a pin, on making mm -hmm. questions about birth date whatsoever. It's really fast, efficient, and so natural. That's the, I mean, for yep. me, um, the most interesting part of it. So, and I actually hope that my last question uh, is answered uh, automatically through all of uh, uh, our conversation mm -hmm. uh, we just had. But yep. how do you see pragmatically really the future of, uh, voice biometrics. I mean, first techno technology wise, right? Is there something maybe you are working on something you see that the future might bring? Um, mm -hmm. And also, I mean, in general, right? Is this mm -hmm. really future proof? Because companies also want to know that, right? Sometimes they invest in something innovative and two years uh, after, I mean, it's legacy, right? And sure. they need to look for something else. Um, yeah. How do you see voice biometrics in this perspective? Well, uh Entirely objectively, um, I, I see. I see it has a very bright future. Um, I, from the technology standpoint, I can see that um, there are still things that that can be improved. Um, I think at the moment there is probably no one solution for voice biometrics out there that is that is ticking absolutely all of the boxes. 
when you see some of the RFPs, then it's like uh, some of them are sort of from cloud cuckoo land a little bit, what they expect the solution to be able to do. But 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 actually, uh, if you think about the requirements, there are a lot of the things that we are working already. So, we, you know, um, I think what we see technology everywhere is is moving forward. So that means that for example, things like voice synthesis. I mean, that technology is going to is going to improve and improve is is going to become more uh, more accessible to a lot more people. At the moment, I would say that voice synthesis to be able to create a a very well synthesized voice of somebody takes a lot of hard work and takes a fair amount of expertise. This is not something that your average, for example, fraudster is able to do. But you know, given time, these technologies will evolve. So in the same way things like voice biometrics needs to evolve as well because it needs then to be able to combat this kind of threat because voice synthesis can eventually become quite a threat. Um, it isn't at the moment, I think, not a widespread one, but, but this will come. So we have to evolve along with these, with these kinds of technologies as well. So um, being able to combat that, being able to more effectively combat record, recorded voice, um, being able to build even stronger models to implement even more machine learning than we are doing at the moment. I think there are always things that you can do to improve. So technology-wise, there is still some way to go, but um, I, I think we've, we've gone a long way already. When it comes to the actual applicability of the solution, uh, I can really just repeat what I said to you before. I can see ever more use cases for voice biometrics. So it's not just about, as I mentioned, enterprise, uh, gov, it's about these other use cases which are out there. It's things like um, providing access to, to, to the population, to, to various services. It's about being able to, for example, confirm proof of life. This is a use case we see more and more. Um, so these are government projects that are, for example, funded by world organizations where you know, they're helping pension offices, social security offices to ensure that fraud doesn't happen, you know, so proof of life. Um, it means things like, uh, it means things like agent authentication. So it's no longer just a case of customer authentication or verification. The, the, the fact that a lot of organizations have had to shift their, their call center agents into a home office environment means that they also need an effective way to verify that the people who are at home working as agents are really those people it's not someone's brother or friend doing the job for them so i see i see a, a big future for voice biometrics and i'm sure there are lots of other um, use cases out there there are voice driven social media platforms these days who are also becoming interested in using voice biometrics as a way of uh, authenticating in, in, into the platform so a lot of things going on. We, we would probably need another half hour to talk about them all. Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. I, I'm totally with you on that. I mean, and especially thinking um, about the user, right? It's something everyone has with us all the time, right? It's the voice. There's nothing to forget about, right? This is, um, I mean, a major advantage. Um, and what is offered is not only um, verifications through biometrics, just you say, uh, like you said, right? It's fraud protection. There's so much more to it, right? You could even analyze the mood of the user and adapt to it, right? Um, if he's having a bad day or a good day, right? Um, there's so much that can be done through voice, right? We are constantly giving out so much information, actually, yes. um, through voice. Um, yeah, it's fascinating. And now yeah. this is being finally used, right? That's right. Great, good. Um, I mean, I love the episode, honestly. Um, this is so interesting. I could keep on for many more hours, to be honest. Yes, Maybe yes. we will have the opportunity in the future to um, 
meet again and to further discuss uh, these topics. Um, I also would like to have our uh, listeners um, know if you want to have more information, if you want to dis further discuss this, any one of us is open to, right? Um, this Absolutely. is really what we love, what we like to do. Just get in contact with us and you get the information you need. Um, yeah, please like our episode, subscribe, and thank you so much for listening. Paul, I thank you so much for uh, being here today and for all the so interesting information you provided us with. Um, thank you a so pleasure. much. Thank you very much for the invitation. It was great to be here and uh, yeah, all the best. All right. Thank you so much. Hope to see you and our listeners soon. Everything good to you. Bye. Likewise. Bye-bye. Thanks. Bye.